of that in the pantry. So we, we're going to plant some seeds of generosity and show it to you. I'm going to send him a picture of you. And you're going to be smiling. You'll be giving a thumbs up or waving at you. You just you wave at him and you get him out. I'm going to take a picture. We're going to sow some seeds of generosity. So, uh, all right, I'm over here. All right, just start this wild ones up here. Don't give me a thumbs up and smile. Ready? All right. Thank you, Chris. All right. This side, right? Give me, give me another good sign there for Mark. One, two, three. We are not fitting into this. Room. All right. One, two, three. There you go. Y'all got it. All right. Come up again over here. Ready? One, two, three. Good. I got it. Why are I y'all when I come up there again? This morning we are talking about planting and sowing seeds, and we've got some seeds here. As the children understood, it just reminds you that you and I plant seeds, that they won't grow here in the hard ground in here. But y'all know as well as I do that if we plant corn, you're not going to get cucumbers. You plant over, you're not going to get lime things. You get what you sow. Very, very powerful teaching in the Bible. And uh, very powerful illustration of Jesus gives us on many things that we can learn. The sermon title this morning is Supplying and Sowing Seeds to Generosity. I want to first read the words that Paul shared with us in Corinthians. First, I'm going to get a picture. Choir, one, two, three. All right. All here. One, two, three. He's going to love it. That'll be good. Thank you. First scripture we're going to read to you comes from 1 Corinthians, the ninth chapter, verse 11. And then we'll look at 2 Corinthians. We'll look at chapters 8 and 9. In fact, I encourage you to read those. Chapters 8 and 9 of 2 Corinthians, Paul is teaching the Corinthian church by giving generously. So 1 Corinthians 9 11, out of the NIV. If we have sown spiritual seed among you, is, is it too much if we reap a, a material harvest from you? So the Bible is plain about talking about both spiritual blessing and planting and sowing, but also about material harvest. But there are other principles that it teaches. So we read in 2 Corinthians 9, verses 9 and 11. Now, he who supplies seed to the sword and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Haven't you noticed a lot of times when you release something out of your blessing somebody else? And, and you become just a more thankful person. You're just grateful and thankful for what God's given you. Jesus, in John the fourth chapter, this verse I'm going to read to you, talks about an eternal life harvest. That's part of who we are. John 4, 35 and 36. Jesus asked, Don't you have a saying? It's still four months until harvest. And Jesus said, I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. Look at the field. They are ripe for harvest. Even now, the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life. So that the power or the sower, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. 
I want to ask you to do something, and some of you received a letter, and I wrote this question in there, and I'll repeat it several times this morning. As you reflect on the thoughts of supplying seed and, and planting seeds and sowing seeds, and then actually seeing the harvest, will you prayerfully seek God with the following question? Will you ask God what giving and sowing looks like for you? That's personal, but Jesus gets personal with those things that he blesses us with. So when you ask God what giving and sowing look like for you, for the next few weeks we're going to talk about these things. Generosity of giving. It's going to revolve around the principles of supplying seed, sowing, harvesting, but also being thankful as we lead into Thanksgiving just a few weeks away. The Bible uses the example of seeds and harvesting to not only teach us about these principles, but many other things, such as Remember in Matthew, the 13th chapter, Jesus gave up a parable of the sower. And he talked about seeds being planted, little seeds. And these adults were listening to him. They even understood the principle that he was talking about, but not to the full extent. So he tells them the parable, and he talks about planting seeds. It just makes sense. If I planted seeds on this stone here, it wouldn't come up. That makes sense. But Jesus said, the seed is that way also. We may scatter on the ground. He talked about areas where there were briars and thistles and so forth and rocks. And he said it won't come up. It'll get choked out. But then he talked about a seed that if you have good dirt, good soil, it'll produce. And you already know what the parable means. That Jesus explained it to the disciples. They asked him about it. And so what he told them was that the seed is the word of God. You get to plant the Word of God within your heart. You get to choose to do that. Jesus explained the parable and he said, The seed is the Word of God. And he talked about those who haphazardly and have too much of the world in them, too much of, of buying into what the culture says, and they don't retain the Word of God and it can be lost. Jesus said also, those who come and they hear the Word or the things of the world and choke it out. That can happen any, any given Sunday, even with all of us. And it has happened to us. Then Jesus described that the seed that falls on the good soul of the heart. This is how he described it in Matthew 13, 23. Jesus said that he who receives the seed on good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold. Some sixty so, some thirty. Produce produces a harvest. Every culture and every nation around the world understands this principle. And again, it's a very simple one we get so profound with Jesus knew that if you go all over the world, people would understand about planting seeds and sowing seeds and gathering the harvest. The first mention of seeds and harvesting that is found in the Bible is given promise to humanity. It was after the flood. It was given to Noah. And there was a beautiful rainbow. I think y'all saw the picture. I think he's got it up again. Or just can put it up any second now. There it is. Y'all know that that picture was taken this summer. And that was actually a double in one of the pictures of Arch over during our service week. So me and I was took pictures of Arch over our, our uh, church right there. It was a Rainbow that came to Noah. God said this to Noah in Genesis 8:22. While the earth remains, 
seed time and harvest. Cold and heat, winter, summer, day and night shall not cease. I know scientists tell us that we've got global warming. Warming. They tell us that glaciers are melting. We know that as a fact. Eventually it's not going to be good for the earth. But I think prophetically it's important for us as believers to look at what the word says here. God gave a promise that as long as this earth remains, as we understand it right now, now I know he's going to come back, but right? he's going to come back before the glaciers all melt away, according to this word. Because he said, as long as this earth remains, you can bank on it, you can count on it, there will be sea time and harvest. Day and night. He tells us that in the word. He's promised to us. For us as believers, the rainbow is a reminder for you and me to trust him. Trust him. For me personally, Harvey, trust me in this area of sowing and planting. Trust me. Let go and let God. Trust me. Three things you need when you plant a seed in the ground. I'll give you a fourth one also. Three that we can be a part of and have some control of. Three things that you need to plant to see in the ground. One is you need some good dirt. My dad on the top of the hill where his mother lived, he's always called his place Bear Hill Acres. But down below, about 300 yards from the house, there's a flat spot down there that's got some dark, good looking dirt. You gotta have good dirt. You don't have to have some good powerful fertilizer. Some of that organic kind of called manure sure does help to make it grow real good. You gotta have some fertilizer. The other thing you gotta have is some water. You need some rain. Water. Good dirt, fertilizer, water. The other thing that God provides in the midst is also you need sunshine. And God gives that. When it comes to you and I being stewards of that which God has given us, there are three things and three understandings I want to give you from a spiritual perspective. It's these three. I didn't necessarily put it in order. Probably I should have put the last one first, but I did. Obedience, faith, and trust. They're all mingled together. Obedience, faith, and trust. Obedience. Obedience produces very good dirt inside of Good soil. That's the lie of the S-O-U-L. Joshua 24, 24. The Lord our God, we will serve. And his voice, his voice we will obey. Now we're producing good dirt. Philemon, Paul wrote to Philemon and he told him in 121, having confidence in your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I say. Your obedience. The second thing is faith. Faith is like a fertilizer to the seeds of the Word of God. It's, it's that which produces that which God has blessed us with. You know, the last few weeks we've been talking Hebrews. I quote this a lot. It had an impact on my life. It still does. Hebrews 11 6. For without faith, it is impossible to please God, but he or she who comes to God must believe that he is and that God is in the order of him that will diligently seek. Have faith. We're about faith. Does it not tell us in Romans 10 that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God? Your faith is produced and given, given something to sink its teeth into when you, when you put faith in the seed of the word of God. It will produce a harvest. Faith. We know in the Old Testament, it's quoted in the New Testament, over and over again, that the just shall live by faith. 
Obedience and faith is an important part of the process. And then just plain old down river of trust is like that rain. My dad had a beautiful garden that's happened for years. Although I'll tell you this, he had a garden up until right when Adam and I got married. The last summer before we got married, he quit having a garden for a while because he lost the one who would dig and hoe and do all that. I got on to him for several years, but since he's retired, he has a beautiful, beautiful garden. During the summertime, I'll call her day and call him tell me how much rain he got. He's got a rain gauge. See, he's got that rain gauge. We got a lot of that in the morning then. I didn't get the point oh nine eight six frame because he's got a little gate. Or he'll call, boy, I got a good one. We got two inches of rain, and it was one of those soaking rains. I don't know what I'm talking about that. Not the, the rush of rain that comes and runs off, but that old rain that's just stayed through the night and it just soaks it. Trust is like that. Trust when it comes to these spiritual things, it's like a good soaky rain. Just an understanding of fruit coming forth. We need sunshine. God gives us sun as holy as God. Because everything that He does in these principles of obedience and faith and trust is just because He wants relationship with us. So obedience and faith and trust produce that. It will help your relationship with Jesus Christ. Produce trust in Produce walking faith with Him. To be obedient to Him. And the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit will come and He will mingle these together, trust, faith, and hope. When it comes to generosity and giving, that which God given to us so that we can give it back to Him. Y'all know I love Chuck Swindoll. Chuck Swindoll wrote a book called, it's about Moses, the title of Man of Selfless Dedication. Man of Selfless Dedication. Chuck Swindoll. He says, Our greatest struggle is not in the realm of understanding the will of God. Say that again. Our greatest struggle is not in the realm of understanding the will of God. It's in the realm of obeying the God whose will it is. But on in the same page of this book to say it this way. Our problem isn't that we don't know. Our problem is that we do know. We're not willing to follow through this with that. Then he adds, that's the struggle of the Christian life. Trusting God, having faith in God, and walking in obedience. Some of y'all know about my dad, Oprah. He plans for us to feed most of North America, or most of the North Carolina. All the South have eaten this type of Oprah. I'll tell you a little story about it. Some of you have eaten it as well. Because Daddy will bring it into the office all summer long. And don't tell Daddy that Mother sent me a text this week and said, This is for you only. Don't tell you, Daddy. But thank the Lord the cross killed the Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> he measures it out. He, he's got scales. He goes and picks it. I've got 8.95 pounds of Oprah. Just land on one. No, we got enough. Just bring it to the church and I'll give it to the staff. They'll eat it. Well, they all eat it, in fact, eating as they see my dad. We call them Milford Reds. My uncle Milford, years ago, planted some red over. Solid red. He doesn't really care for them. Understanding is, I called one of my aunts, and we talked about it, mother talked about it. I've got more details this week. 
He planted over, and we know that there were two different natives. This field oil that he was, I'm going to have the name right, but the type of okra was longhorn spines. He it has no spine. This has no spine. But through cross, recognized it, but all of a sudden, on the field, it started turning green and red. And so he had what we call purple or red, and it's been true, the seed has been true for almost 50 years. So, I'm going to sell the seed for $100 a piece, and I'm going to help our, help our clients. You want some seeds? I'll get enough money to get some. I'm telling you. Nikki didn't say to me, she won't mourn us than sit and go home. We understand the principle. All of us have probably planted some type of seed in our life. Many of you have taken a little Dixie cup. Put some seeds, tomatoes in there for your grandchildren, for your great grandchildren, and you kept looking at it, and they come every morning and look and find something would come for. God said to us, I want you to be excited about that which I give it to you. Did you plant what I give you? Watch it harvest. Watch it come for. Throughout the Bible, God has always challenged us and commanded us. He's commanded his people to sow generously and faithfully. We sow and we supply with our time, with our talent, with our finances, our gifts, and with our service. Throughout human history, God has said to His people, trust me in this matter. Trust me if I will not bless you. Trust me that I will not bring bless your storehouse for the harvest. But also the spiritual principles that we see even with our own congregation on the church of how those before us have planted seed and now we reap the harvest of because we're here in this place. God says, trust me. Supply seed and sow seed into my kingdom. Walk in faith and walk in obedience. I'll close with this, reminding you the words of Jesus that are read earlier in John 4, 36. The one who reaps draws away harvest a crop for eternal life. Because at the end of it all, it's about eternal life. I ask you to leave me with a question again. Will you ask God what giving and sowing looks like for you? Let's pray for you. Father God, we bless you today and praise you. God, we understand this. Even I can understand. The children here to so love and to plant generosity it will come back to us. Oh God, help us to testify to this truth we've seen. But also materially, God, you want to bless us. And part of part of tithing and giving is really nothing more than to see whether or not we we'll just trust you. God, help us to trust you. Help us to answer the question. What does giving and sowing look like for me personally? Holy Spirit, I know that you may have touched somebody's heart this morning, and maybe they realize they need eternal life. Lord, I pray that they would come and receive a harvest, eternal life, even this morning, because of a relationship with you. Bless them this moment as we respond to your word. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ.